0: Hey, Culture and Conversations family. I'm your host, Jamison Smallwood, and I'm about to make you guys part of the conversation. Hey, guys, thank you for downloading. Thank you guys for subscribing to, and thank you guys for sharing culture and conversations. Up next on Culture and Conversations. I have a great conversation with my friend, fellow podcaster, fellow PodFest alum, Walker Near, of the Walk Show podcast and of the Pick Up Your Sticks podcast about video gaming. And uh, Walker and I got a chance to talk a little bit just about his show, The Walk Show. And um, I have a great conversation with his co-host, Brett Lindley, of the Pick Up Your Sticks podcast coming out soon. But uh, this this episode is about Walker and The Walk Show. And uh, I have a bit of an editorial tonight um, as a podcast. I'm going to talk with you guys about... Kobe Bryant and Rush Limbaugh yeah that's right Kobe Bryant and Rush Limbaugh up next on Culture and Conversations yep Culture and Conversations I'm your host Jamison Smallwood and uh thank you guys man for being part of the conversation I really appreciate everything that everybody does and 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 to make this show successful, man, shout out to my co-host, man, Ramon Hingleton. Shout out to Brandy Thomas. Uh, we make up hashtag the group chat, um, the video stream portion of culture and conversations. If you guys ever want to learn about that show, you ever want to be a part of that show, go over to Facebook, man, or over to YouTube, culture and conversations. And you'll see all that good stuff where we live stream and talk about culture and conversations. I hope everybody's doing well. I uh, hope this, this podcast finds you um, in a good place, and uh, maybe if it finds you in a place that's not so good, maybe it helps you get to that good place. I have been taking some time off from the live stream, and I'm actually preparing to get ready um, to do a little bit of traveling, and uh, that traveling is going to be for vacation and recreation. I'm looking forward to it. Um have some really swing spots picked out that I'm going to be dining at. And uh, I can't wait to just travel and get away from my life a little bit. Um, I don't do enough of that where I just take some intentional time off from my life's pursuits. Uh, And I'm trying to be better about that going into 2020. So uh, you guys are probably here about the trip on another episode of Culture and Conversations. And uh, I'll just save all the details until I actually get back. Um, I'm going to have an episode for you guys while I'm out of town and it'll drop, and everything should be fairly seamless. Um, I want to be, before we get to Walker. I want to talk about just my thoughts about the passing of Kobe Bryant and his untimely death, and um, and how it kind of relates to, uh, I guess, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, Rush Limbaugh uh, has recently made known that he has an advanced form or advanced stage of lung cancer. And it is newsworthy because Rush Limbaugh is a very massive voice in the art form and the media space of talk radio. Well, he has made his, his money primarily talking uh, politics and talking in the space of conservative, some would call it right-wing politics, depending on what label you want to slap onto it. And some people call it hate speech. And uh, I think Rush Limbaugh is a fairly complicated figure, um, in just like all humans are, um, but that's how he's made his money. And I think his his announcement of his illness and the passing of Kobe Bryant, another uh, complicated figure, but one that uh, is more accepted, um, you know, given his past and issues that he's dealt with in his life. I think these two things play in the popular space together in a very similar way. When Kobe passed, I was actually getting ready for a podcast, and it was hashtag the sixty five takeover show, which was episode sixty two of hashtag the group chat. And you guys can look at that on uh, on YouTube. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But it was a it was it was that show I was getting ready for, and I started getting text messages like most other people, and saying that Kobe Bryant had died. And you know, there's not there wasn't a lot of context around how he died yet. Um, they just knew that it was not a plane or a helicopter crash. And um, you know, for me, I didn't connect with his his life and legacy deeply. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed watching him play basketball. Um, I was definitely aware of who he was, but I wasn't um, what I would describe it as a Kobe fan. Um, and that's not to say I was a Kobe hater either. I just was sort of indifferent to Kobe. Kobe was just a basketball player who was one of the greatest basketball players of all time, but I never got into his life and got invested into him as a celebrity. Um, uh, But at the same time, I still was connected to the suddenness of his passing and how he died and just the tragedy of the circumstance. And then his, you know, his daughter, being on the helicopter and then you find out that uh, other friends of the family and people that he knew from travel basketball were on that helicopter. Uh, It was really just um, a very tragic and sad moment. And the reaction on social media was very interesting. Uh, You had many people expressing levels of sorrow um, and and grief instantaneously. Uh, Me as someone who has an outlet in a podcast people reached out to me to express their their thoughts if nothing more than just to kind of hear what I had to think about it and um to kind of get their two cents out and um but then you also had people who inevitably uh, referenced back to uh the rape allegations and the sexual assault allegations that Kobe um was going on trial for but ultimately uh, never went to trial for uh, because he reached a settlement uh With the the, the victim, and it, the, the conversation, you know, turns to what legacy should we focus in on? Should we focus in on all the things that Kobe had gone on to do since that moment, and since that incident, and since that that, that situation, uh, and how he became uh, arguably um, a more beloved figure, and also uh, redefined himself, and and took ownership of some things personally, and. Um, managed to work through those issues with his wife and and the consequences that came from that? Um, or should we focus in on the rape that allegedly took place? And the, the reason I bring up Kobe in the context of his, of his um, allegations that were against him, it isn't because um, I particularly want to bash him or that I want to smudge his reputation in some way. Uh, but as a cultural critic, I look at how did the culture respond to Kobe and how did the culture respond to these allegations and and what impact it had on his life. And in particular, how did it impact people's grieving of Kobe? I think that we have to be careful as we think about people that even though people do... Different things that are an expression of their will. Do they, they are, they're moral agents. That would be the philosophical term. People aren't what they do. People's nature and character produce actions. That's what I believe philosophically. But people aren't what they do. Meaning a a person can, can uh, be uh, of a completely different sexuality than mine. And yes, as a Christian, I may have very strong feelings about that particular lifestyle, that particular preference, that particular choice. Um, but at the same time, that isn't the same thing as me saying that they are their sexuality, right? They are a person, first and foremost, and they just express themselves through their sexuality as as an aspect of their life. Okay. How do I make that distinction and why is that distinction important? Well, I make that distinction Uh, Because in my worldview, uh, I believe that God made human beings in his likeness. And part of that likeness is this idea of personhood, this idea that we are something distinct from every other part of God's creation. And that as a person, that gives us a class of being where we get treated according to that status. We get a certain status that comes with that personhood um and you know theologically if you were talking about Sunday school or in a church or or christian perspective uh we would be talking about the image of god um but personhood is essentially what does it mean to be a human being the only person who could define that we believe is god right now i make that distinction in terms of where that came from and then also i make the distinction in terms of what we do because i can find the actions of a person reprehensible but at the same time um also know that they are still a person and those two things aren't the same. Now, some people would argue with me about that and um, I'm, I'm always open to feedback and, and, and conversation about these things. So hit me up culture and conversations at gmail.com. But what, what i ma- the reason I made that distinction is because we oftentimes hate what people do and it in turns causes us to hate what people, the people who are doing these things. So even though Kobe, for instance, Let's say, let's say he. Let's just assume he raped the victim out in in Colorado. The her personhood is why we are appalled and feel that she should be protected, and that what Kobe did violated her and and harmed her and was criminal. Is because of personhood, and that personhood is her humanity. It's the thing. It's the thing that makes what Kobe allegedly did morally reprehensible. Okay, now. If that personhood exists for her, then we have to be careful not to rob Kobe of it simply because he is um, an accused rapist. And why is it that we make the distinction, right? Because you can have both. You can have both in the conversation of mourning. You can say Kobe was an accused rapist, but at the same time, you can mourn the fact that he lost his life suddenly with his daughter and and family friends. You can have both conversations. And what happens is in the popular space, people want to rob him of his personhood, which then robs him and robs us and other people who look at his life with a measure of nuance and a measure of empathy of our right to mourn him and to grieve him, of the privilege to mourn him and grieve him as another person. It's a complicated. It's a complicated narrative. It's not so simple to say, well, he shouldn't be thought of in a positive way in his passing. And we shouldn't feel sorry about his passing because he had this one thing on his, his life that was public and very blatant that we have to now wrestle with. And that is being accused of rape. And I want to always make sure I make the distinction because that distinction of persons and what people do or people and what people do, that's a huge distinction for having tolerance. That's a huge distinction for having grace it's necessary because if I only see people as what they do, then I instantly I rob them of their humanity and they just become a series of actions that I either agree with I disagree with or that I'm neutral to. That their life doesn't have any inherent value anymore. Their well-being, their their image of God that they are invested with doesn't have any, any real value. It just becomes a matter of my preferences towards what they do. And I think that at the end of the day, You can have sorrow in your heart for people who are horrible, um, for people who have done abominable things. But at the same time, you can appreciate the fact that our lives are all just as fragile as Kobe's life was in that moment that he boarded the helicopter with his family and with his friends. And that even in his worst moment, morally as an accused rapist, you would still find value in his life where you would mourn him and mourn his passing because a human being died. Um, someone who clearly had thoughts and, and ideas and, and wanted to contribute to the world can past playing basketball. He's passed his, his, his a father has died. A husband has died and not to mention all of the casualties that were on board his helicopter with him as well. And the reason I bring all of this up and I'm just trying to kind of get through this thought is because now we find ourselves with this information that Rush Limbaugh is in the advanced stages of lung cancer. And Rush Limbaugh is, is a polarizing figure. He has made his life and his and his fortune and his fame off of being divisive, um, off of towing a very rigid political line and saying very um inflammatory things politically. Um, some people say it crosses over into hate speech. It's definitely sensational. And He's made his living doing these things of of essentially affirming one half of the country and pissing off the other half. And yet when he um, revealed that he had lung cancer, I saw a lot of responses from people where people were essentially saying good for him. And that bothers me because as a Christian, I understand fundamentally that people, yes, we believe that people reap what they sow, meaning that, you know, it's almost the same concept as karma, where we believe that the good you do eventually comes back to you, just like the bad you do eventually comes back to you. And we believe this, and I affirm this, but I also realize that just like I said, with Kobe, Rush Limbaugh is a person. He has personhood. And he is not, his personhood is never in question because of what he does. And so if I, I can never violate his personhood because if I can violate his personhood and Kobe's personhood because of what they do, ultimately someone can violate my personhood because of what I do. And it isn't Rush's inflammatory comments and, and his hateful rhetoric that I'm, I'm, I feel compassion towards when I mourn him. It is him that I feel compassion to when i think about dying from cancer and being given such a, a a gruesome uh death sentence by your doctor that you have advanced form an advanced form of lung cancer does this mean that i'm going to jump the and, and shout the praises of rush limbaugh like president trump did uh by giving him the uh presidential medal medal of honor no I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, but at the same time, I can, I can empathize to a measure with him as having experienced the diagnosis and this confirmation that he has lung cancer. Um, I, have a, I have a good friend who passed away a few years ago, and I just remember the brutal shock of hearing that he had throat cancer you know and um and i just remember how in my mind he was just a good guy you know he he loved he loved he loved his he loved Jesus uh, he loved his family um he made it his life's mission um when i met him to go around and teach men how to be better men um from a christian worldview view standpoint and he just was a really good guy And he had a great heart, and we became friends around the work that he was doing in ministry. And he adopted me um, as a mentee, and he provided me with mentorship and guidance. And and here I was hearing that he had cancer. And while there's many responses that, that happen when a person of faith hears something like that, the first thing I just remember thinking to myself is just how scary it had to be to hear that you have cancer. And in that moment, to be totally honest and transparent, I didn't think about him as a, I didn't think about his sickness because he was a good person. I didn't think about his sickness because he had done certain things that I thought were redeemable and, and honorable and and I thought had value. I thought about what I would feel like hearing that I had throat cancer. And so I, I understand how scary that is. And I understand also equally that God has a cosmic justice that he can dish out in the here and now. And he takes everyone, the Bible says, through a suffering that is common to man, which means that we all have an affliction of some type that we have to suffer through. I can understand what it would be like to hear. Maybe when I'm 69 years old, one day, Jameson, you have cancer. And. I think about that and because I have a respect for one, you know, God and his ability to take us through these difficult times in life and to bring suffering into our lives as a as a as a measure of punishment, as a measure of correction, um, as a measure of personal development. I can understand what that fit would feel like as best I can imagine to hear those words. And I wouldn't want that to happen to anybody. And more appropriately, who am I to want that to happen to anybody as a human being? Because we all share in in this fragility of our human existence, just as Kobe experienced, just as Rush Limbaugh experienced when he received his diagnosis. So why would I take any pleasure in someone being diagnosed or losing their life? Um, I just can't do it. You know, this conversation on personhood, and I hope I did a fairly decent job of trying to explain it. But this idea of personhood is important because much of our activism that we affirm in, especially in more progressive spaces where we talk about prison reform and we talk about, um, you know, the criminal justice uh, system needing to be reworked and the prison industrial complex. We talk about these things but we, 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 what we really miss in this conversation is that the very the, these very systems that we want to dismantle, that we want to reform, they operate by denying people's personhood. So if you go and sell crack, you become something other than a person. If you go and rob a, a liquor store because you don't have any money to feed your family. You become less than a person. You become, and really what I want you to understand is that in, in politics, your protections as a citizen are tied to your personhood. The laws that we, we affirm that give us these rights and privileges in this country, they, they are, go back to, are you a human being? Are you a person or not? So when you see somebody who doesn't have access to certain parts of their citizenship, whether it's the right to vote um, whether it's the ability uh to 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 get a job and not have to disclose that they're a felon, when you see these consequences leveled on people, what we really are doing is robbing them of their personhood. You can measure your personhood in at least in America by how many laws do you are you freely able to take advantage of your freedom and your freedom is directly tied to your personhood. If you see a restriction in freedom, then it's a restriction in personhood. And what I mean by that is if there are other people who have access to these different rights and laws than you do, then they're considered more of a person than you are. And so these very same systems we want to dismantle and want to reform and we want to see change, change brought about in, they are all tied to us understanding who people are and what it means inherently to have value as a person. So, I guess what I'm trying to say as I I bring my editorial to the end is that when you look at Kobe, yes, you can see him as a rapist or as an alleged rapist. And when you look at Rush Limbaugh, you can see him as a bombastic political agitator and hate speech mongerer. But try to see them as people. And most importantly, try to see yourself as a person in their situation, one who lost his life in a tragic accident that was a part of his routine and another one facing a medical crisis that likely may take his life. Imagine yourself in their situation, in their shoes. And if you truly care about people and you truly want people of all lifestyles, of all backgrounds, of all um, perspectives to be seen, um, vested with, with the freedom to pursue their life as they, as they see fit and to be fully actualized as people in America, then you have to see personhood as something that we ch- should cherish and that we should always defend, even in the most reprehensible people based on their lifestyle and their choices that they've made. And that's one of the things that I believe has helped me to evaluate how I see a lot of people who come from backgrounds and lifestyles that I would take issue with is that at the end of the day, they're still people and there's a certain, uh, there's a certain beauty in who we are as people, even when our actions make it very hard for us to see clearly that we are people. And I'll leave you with this last little bit of of scripture as a thought, or at least this reference back to the Bible. I just remember my pastor teaching Sunday about how, Jesus was praying for his enemies and Jesus was on the cross. He was talking about Jesus being crucified. He said that Jesus, even in the middle of his pain, in the middle of his agony, in the middle of the affliction being leveled upon him by these, by these men who had taken him to the cross, and were carrying out his execution. Probably the, one of the greatest references to what Jesus's character was like. Jesus said, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He didn't see them as executioners. He didn't see them as the actions that they were taking. He saw them as people who were, who, even in their worst moment, weren't outside of the redeeming, the redeeming and restorative power of God. So I think that's why I look at people differently now. Yes, I can be frustrated by people's actions. Yes, I can be frustrated by allegations of rape. I can be appalled by those. I can be appalled um, by people who get on the radio and say inflammatory and outrageous things to advance not only a political narrative but to profit off of of a political agenda and a perspective that is that in, that inflames hatred in this country. Yes, I can be appalled by all of that, but I still don't see them outside of the saving uh, power of God. I don't see them outside of the ability to be redeemed. I don't see them outside of being people. And I think the question that it becomes to me of how do I establish a person's personhood is I asked this question. One, what if it was, was me who had done these things? How would I want people to respond to me? And secondly, I asked the question also, if they were the ones that Jesus was looking at, what would Jesus have said from the cross to them? Would Jesus not have said the exact same thing he said to those men who were Crucifying him, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And finding, even in that moment, that they were still human beings who were a part of His mission. So I think that's the thoughts I have on on the Kobe Bryant um, passing. And I, you know, my, um, you know, I don't I don't want to be cliche and say my thoughts and prayers are with his family, um, but I definitely hope that his family continues to heal in their own time and that society makes it easier for them to heal. Um, Part of the challenge of being a celebrity is that when you die, it is just as big, big as, as news as your life was. And in some cases it was bigger. Um, It turns into a moment that, that is, is, that is being milked for every bit of attention it can get. And some of it is, is a, is a rightful reaction. And then some of it is one that people are trying to profit off of. And, And so I hope that he has an opportunity to be remembered by his loved ones in a positive way and that people who truly knew him and people who truly knew the work he's done in his life to come back from those allegations of rape. um, I hope they, I hope they have a chance to hold on to the the part of his life, uh, the memories of his life and his growth as a human being. And uh, as far as Rush Limbaugh, um, once again, uh, I'm not going to be cliche and say my prayers and thoughts are with him. Um, but you know, as much as, um, as it is God's will on, on, on his life and, um, his pursuit for health, you know, I hope that he's able to, he's able to get that. I hope he's able to be healed and continue to recover. Um, that's what I would want somebody to wish for me. And, uh, I think that's what I focus in on. So. I hope you guys uh, um, continue um, to listen to this episode after my editorial. Uh, some of you may have cut it off by now, but uh, for those of you who are still here with us, um, I'm going to have, have you now listen to a fun part of the conversation. I usually don't do editorials like that, um, but every now and then something catches me, and that's where the culture comes in at in, in terms of the conversation, right? And that's where the culture piece for culture and conversations comes from is those editorials and just those thoughts on the culture. And uh um I'm still a work in progress with seeing people as people and not people as their actions. Um, but I'm glad that I'm on that journey. And uh I look forward to hopefully you guys becoming better or just being examples to me. So if you've got some advice, <laughs> culture and conversations at gmail.com. But here's a fun part of the conversation. Back to what I was originally saying. I've got a great conversation with my friend Walker Near. Walker is the host of the Walk Show Podcast. And in in this conversation, we talk about just his journey into podcasting. Uh, we talk about meeting at Podfest 2019, and uh, we just talk. We have a great conversation and talk talk about just a couple of different things, just the experience of going to Podfest and and, and gravitating towards something so positive um, and so enriching. And uh, Walker's a really cool guy. Uh, one of the one I, you know I, here I am. You know, at the time I met him, I was 36, and I'm thinking to myself, you know. I think I'm kind of past making new friends and um and no, I made a new friend at 36 and uh, I count him as a friend. He lives uh, he lives in the great state of Missouri. Um and uh, as of this recording, uh, his state is celebrating the win of the Kansas City uh Chiefs who won the Super Bowl. And uh so I want you guys to hear this great conversation with Walker. Uh be sure to go over to the Walk Show podcast and subscribe and give it a listen. He has a wonderful episode um, talking about how he and his 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 sister were able to make peace with his father's passing, and um, I thought it was a really courageous episode. I thought it was a very transparent episode, and just a really heartfelt thing. Like I, I love I love hearing great heartfelt um, podcasting, and, and and I love it. Uh, the art of the conversation is a beautiful thing, and just being vulnerable and transparent, you know. And I think it really helped me. Uh, to, 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 to grow some, just listen to that episode and, and just him talking about there being things in life that you can't negotiate with and death being one of those things. And, uh, no matter what you want to do, there's no conversation to be had to, to bring back a loved one. There's no negotiation that you can air into. So the only thing you're left with is having to change yourself to process it better. And, um, and I said, man, that's a really powerful insight. You know, so up next on Culture and Conversations, uh, my friend Walker Neer from the Walk Show podcast and the Pick Up Your Sticks podcast. You guys be sure to listen to his podcast and go check those two podcasts out. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back with a little bit more of Culture and Conversations. Hey, Culture and Conversations family. I have a good friend uh, from my days down at PodFest 2019 walker near of the walk show podcast walker and i are catching up a bit uh you should remember me from my appearance on his show where we sat down and talked a good bit and just talked about me and my podcast so as all good podcast friends do they bring their buddies who have shows onto their podcast and give them a a space and a platform to talk about their show so that if anybody who's listening to my show is interested and curious about walker you can go over and hear his show, The Walk Show Podcast. So, I'd like to welcome to the conversation Walker Near. What's going on, Walker? How are you doing,
1: man? Hey, man, what's up? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm super, uh, super excited to do this.
0: Cool, man. Uh, you should be very calm. Don't worry about uh, being nervous. This isn't one of these like super intense podcasts where we take ourselves too serious. Uh, we're going to have a good time and just talk about, just, you know, catch up a little bit and talk about your podcast and, and just how I'm enjoying your podcast and what you're doing. I think it's a really uh, thought provoking podcast and some of your episodes have really resonated with me.
1: Well, that's awesome, man. I really, uh, I really appreciate it. Um, it, I, I, as you know, I'm relatively new, so uh, it's it's always really meaningful to hear that kind of feedback, so I, I appreciate it. As far as being nervous, I, I kind of misspoke earlier before we, we, we started. I said that uh, I hadn't been on another pod before. It's not entirely true. There was actually a lady down in Orlando I met that had me come on her show that was called uh, Suddenly Single, and I told the story of how I got dumped when I was like 20 <laughs> surprisingly and, and told that. So, uh, if I, I wasn't nervous for that. So I think I'm probably good for this. <laughs> nice. Nice.
0: I, uh, I have, I'm actually going to be on her show too. Um, she, oh, uh, yeah, she recorded an episode with me and uh, she gave me a chance to talk about, uh, when I was married and, um, when I got, um, divorced and, or hashtag unmarried, and uh so so we uh we sat down and talked about it and i i I gave her uh i gave her what i feel to be a really good you know uh, good episode of her show i think it's going to be good when it comes out so i'm looking forward to uh to hearing you know hearing the feedback from her audience and people who listen to that show
1: yeah for sure man well that's cool that you're on there too we'll have to uh i'll have to to cross promote it whenever i see yours come through all
0: yeah Well, what we can do is when it comes out, maybe what what we can do is come back and talk about our appearances on that show and then talk about, you you know, how our episodes kind of overlapped or, you know, some of the themes that were common between us.
1: Cool, man. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good.
0: Cool. So, Walker, let me ask you a question to kind of get started with this uh, conversation, man. I mean, I wanted to be lighthearted, so don't think it's got to be so serious and so stuffy. So. Um, you know, so you started podcasting, uh, this year and, you know, you and I both have the same podcast host, Buzzsprout. And what I'm curious about is, you know, what led you into podcasting? Why did you choose to pick up the mic and start talking to people over the internet?
1: Um, well, it was kind of a multi-part answer, I guess. I mean, um, you know, to, to start with, I've just always been told that I, I have a radio voice. Um, I have a, a friend who. <laughs> who I've known for a few years now. And she told me that she thought that I was like doing a joke, like doing a bit whenever I was talking to her, when she first met me, because she thought I was trying to do a voice, not understanding <laughs> that I just sound like this, which is, yeah, it's kind of flattering, but maybe kind of not, you know, but uh, <laughs> you're, anyway, you're like, be ahead, you woke up like this. Right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, wow. <laughs> a lot of people compare me with Beyonce often, so that's not surprising nice. that it's happened here. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so, you know, I've always had a little bit of kind of interest in that. A long time ago, I did, you know, stand up comedy. Um, so not the first time of me trying to deliver a message to an audience, you know, from a microphone. Um, and then. I became a huge podcast fan probably two to three years ago now. I mean, it's not been that long. And, you know, podcasts have been around now for a decade, but I was, you know, pretty late to that boat. Um, But anyway, so the... uh, So because of that, I'd I'd kind of tossed around the idea of becoming a podcast host. The problem is, is that I'm not an expert on anything. And I don't... um, I don't have some viewpoint that I really, really strongly want to advocate necessarily. But anyway, so then I had a friend co- approach me. Uh, if, I think you mentioned that you'd listen to it. It's a, the episode that I did about dogs called to all the dogs I, who I've loved before.
0: Yes. That's one of my favorite episodes of your show.
1: Yeah. So that, that girl that's on that show with me, Crystal Hagee's her name. Um, that lady I should say, she's not a girl, but anyway, uh, <laughs> she, uh, she and I have been friends for a while and she came over to me one day and she said, I just think you really should start a podcast. And I was like, I mean, I thought about it, but I don't know what it would be about. And she said, it doesn't have to be about anything. You know, just she explained to me that she thinks I'm kind of an honest, you know, open character, just naturally. Um, I'm, I'm willing to kind of (laughs) share, open the closet up if you will, for people. And so uh, she thought that just, just that alone would be enough to, to, you know, kind of be a starting place. And so I said, well, would you come on the show? And she said, yeah, would we talk about, and I said, I don't know, we could talk about dogs. And then, you know, <laughs> there, that episode was born. Um, yeah, so I don't know, it was really kind of a, a mix of like, I've had some interest in it, you know, in speaking to people or having a message delivered to people kind of through comedy, but then also had encouragement you know telling me that I've got a voice that sounds like it's good for it and then that friend and, and other friends as well but her specifically was really kind of the the you know moment that it kind of I decided to take it seriously um and then to be perfectly honest the day that I actually ordered the mic and and went and found buzz sprout and was like okay I'm actually doing it was a day where I got super upset <laughs> at my job you know I've got the 9 to 5 of course and um I was like, you know what, if I'm going to put myself into something, I want it to be something that I can have control over, not something that someone else can, could dismiss if they chose, you know, so chose. And so, uh, all those factors kind of in one were kind of what led me to, <laughs> to start the walk show. I don't know if that was a lighthearted enough answer, but
0: <laughs> no, that yeah. sounds, that sounds, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's definitely the, the type <laughs> of uh answer I'm looking for there. I mean, you know, when, when people start podcasting, it's usually for a, a number of different reasons. Like you said that, Hey, I've, I've got experience with podcasts. I, um, I actually discovered podcasting, uh, while being single and I wanted to get better at dating. So I started reading Uh, pick up artist material and social Mm -hmm. dynamics. And I read the book, The Game. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, uh, it's sad to say that that's the last book that I've read from cover to cover. And, uh, and I think it shows too, but, um, (laughs) you know, the, uh, (laughs) the, the content in there, you know, led me to being curious about what they call the community, which is just a bunch of guys who go around and, and use these social dynamic. Skills, dynamic sk- skills to pick up women. And so I said, well, you know, let me see what's out there. And, and I just start Googling podcasts and say pick up podcasts. And sure enough, there was a podcast called the pick up podcast and uh, it was hosted by a company that was specializing in training men on how to pick up women. And they were publishing the, con- the podcast to establish authority in the, in the space of social dynamics, dating, coaching, and, um, The host of the podcast who worked for the company was named Jordan Harbinger. And he has now since gone on to rebrand that old podcast to be the Art of Charm podcast. And uh, there was some issue there. I don't know what happened, but he has now since started his own podcast called the Jordan Harbinger Show. And Mm -hmm. um, so um, I actually had a chance to meet Jordan at PodFest 2019, which was amazing. Like, that was kind of cool. Um, I gotta be honest though, like it's kind of like meeting your heroes. Like that's not necessarily a good experience all the time. And, uh, I'm not gonna say Jordan was a, a, was a disappointment, but it was clear to me that he was very much a person. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. And, um, not that he was, not that he wasn't gracious with his time and not that he wasn't, um, uh, you know, conversational. It's just that in that initial, you know, slice of time, he didn't just wow me with his personality, I, you know, because because and how, and how could he, right? Because I had already built him up in my head as this like great pantheon um, type of person, and um, but anyway, we had a chance to you know, talk a little bit. I told him about how his show uh, was, in, you know, it has influenced me and encouraged me. So, um, so now to go uh, into a complete deep dive in about my fanboy relationship with Jordan Harbinger, <laughs> um, but you know, it was through that show, the pickup podcast, I became familiar with the with the medium. And as a result, I, you know, went on to, you know, think about it one day. I said, you know, I could do a podcast. So, and we've told my story on my show, but so it's, it's very reminiscent of yours where you've had people who encouraged you. Now, the only part is, is that obviously to anybody listening to the show, you hear that Walker does have an amazing voice for a podcaster. And, uh, I me, mean, people tell me I have a radio voice, but my voice doesn't sound anything like your voice. I'm not doing anything to the audio to make it sound uh, rich. And, uh, you know, I, I have to, I have to work to, uh, to sound like this because I have to be very measured in what I'm saying and how I'm talking. And, but for you, it's just a natural time. I heard you at PodFest 2019 say hello. I was like, yeah, that guy's a podcaster. I know it. Like his voice is, his voice is <laughs> is, is, is spot on. So, um, you know, so aside from just that stuff, let's, let's talk about that part about what you said about communicating. Cause I, I was really fascinated about that. And I was listening to your last episode in preparation for this conversation, um, where you guys were you and, um, uh, Misha's errands were mm-hmm. um talking about uh stand-up comedy and your favorite comedians and I was really interested to kind of get into your head a little bit um on you know as you guys were sitting around talking so that was a really good conversation you guys should go listen to it um culture and conversations family and one of the things I was listening to in your sh- when you were talking about it is that it, it was clear that you de- you definitely have a sense of creating and wanting to share ideas and wanting to share what how you see the world with people um is there something in your life that gave you that that sort of you know drive and and raise d'etre, or is it something that just you know has kind of evolved over the years as you have have grown up with the internet and and this in this new normal of sharing what we think with everybody
1: yeah, um it's actually and i'm I'm not trying to duck the question at all, but it's honestly it's kind of like the radio voice thing. It's actually just me. Um, I mean, there's a picture that my mom has of me when I was literally two years old. So, I, you know, I can't even do full sentences yet. And we're at a, a big family dinner and I'm standing on the center of the table telling stories to the family. So um, it's just kind of been who I am the whole time. I mean, all through growing up, you know, I've luckily been very fortunate. I've never had any sort of problems with the law or anything, And even as a kid. I never got in trouble for like vandalizing or fighting or anything, you know, bad, quote unquote, or whatever. Um, but I was in trouble all the time for talking. But it's because this, <laughs> this rich voice screwed me over because it carries. And so people could always hear it. And so I would get in trouble, you know, for talking in school. And they would ask me, uh, you know, why are you talking? And I was like, well, I'm not talking to myself. Why am I the only one talking to you right now? And they would always just tell me that, that that I was the only one they could hear. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it's a I'm a very social person. Um, it, it's it's interesting. You know, you're talking about Jordan Harbinger and kind of meeting your heroes. It was funny because we went to Podfest. I mean, there's a lot of podcasters there, and there's a lot of successful podcasters, but. I'd never heard of any of them because I listen to like the Joe Rogan podcast or okay. I listen to uh Bill Simmons podcast or the New York times daily. Sure. So I, you I know, mean, there's a little variety there, but, um, but I would say my favorite podcasts are like, there's one called off camera with Sam Harris, Sam. No, not Sam Harris. Can't remember his name off camera. though is the name of the, the podcast. I know that. Okay. Where he interviews, he interviews like Hollywood celebrities, but it's like, it's like an hour to an hour and a half long form interview. Joe Rogan, kind of a same thing where he doesn't just interview celebrities necessarily, but his episodes are in from 90 minutes to three hours. Anyway, where I'm trying to go with all this is to say that those podcasts I enjoy because it feels like just like what we're doing right now, where it's just a couple of people having a conversation and it's not an interview necessarily to push an agenda there's not a time limit on it, so there's not talking points that they have to be sure they hit in a certain order or whatever. Um, it just it feels like you're just in a room with some people having an interesting conversation. I mean, I've been to plenty of social events, you know, parties or at the bar or whatever, where maybe I'm not the one that that's actually leading the conversation, but you can you can pick up pick up or, or kind of sit in on some someone else, you know, another group having a really interesting conversation. And I don't mean eavesdropping from across the room, but just. Anyway, um, yeah, it, 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 to me, that is really, really cool. And it, I like it when it goes everywhere. You know, I like it when it's not just only about one subject and driving that one subject. And so like, you know, like I said, on the one hand, I like the idea of having kind of a creative outlet and a way to share ideas. And, um, I, I like to try and be funny sometimes, obviously, you know, with the comedy stuff, but at the same time, I really like exploring ideas and I really like trying to just see, I don't know what other people think about stuff. Cause th- the truth is, is I'm an idiot. I don't know anything. And even stuff that I've spent a lot of time with, I probably don't know everything about it. So to me, it's really cool to get someone else and just bounce stuff back and forth and then kind of see where that leads. Um, and sometimes it's fascinating and sometimes it's silly, but in the end it's always entertaining at least.
0: Yeah, um, you know, the the conversation format is my favorite. You know, I do culture and conversations. And, you know, there was a deliberate reason that I chose conversation as a part of the title, because I feel like that's what I want to always be a part of no pun intended there either. Um, I don't want to just sit down and do a bunch of interviews where I've got to say, okay, well, this is the thing I need to talk about. I got to ask about this. I got to talk about these particular things. Okay. Now conclude and ask them about their, their content and what they're trying to promote the end. Right? Like that's not, that's not useful to me or my audience. For me, I started this idea of talking with people because I feel like that's where I grow as a person. Just like, you know, the conversations we've had all the way back to when we met down in Podfest um, 2019, so I feel like conversations are where we get better socially when we talk to people. And if we are willing to not dismiss people's experiences and just hear it coming from a very human place, then uh, I think you get better. The podcast you were talking about Walker is Sam Jones's podcast off camera. And uh, Thank I, just, you. I just want, I went and looked at up while um uh, while you were finishing up your thought you know, I think it's important that we always talk with people, and um, that's why I mean, that's why I'm a fan of of our of our fledgling friendship, because I feel like it helps us understand the world around us by talking with people who aren't um, from our same frame of reference. You even mentioned that on one of your episodes, um, and I, I wish I had done a better job of remembering the titles of these episodes. But there was one episode you did, and you may can help me with this, where you were talking with a friend and you were talking um about you were talking about i think just just religion in general and you talked about how you, you you know you you talked about how you were i guess and and if this isn't a fair description of your belief system then please correct me um you were talking about how you were um you are and ag- an agnostic and you said that you know yeah at one time you were atheist but you basically were you basically had a perspective shift on that and you were talking about also just sort of the political stuff that we, we see go on where um, – and this is another episode of the politics part – but how we just sort of pretend like these things aren't – are are an issue of today's time with President Trump and, and just that administration and, and the challenges that we see going on in Washington around that administration – and And it was really I think what you I think what I would give you credit for and why I brought those two things up is because on politics and religion right people are very myopic, people are very closed off, um, people are very resolute in what they believe. Um, religion naturally has that kind of baked into it. Um, I recognize that as a Christian myself, um, but at the same time, I think that you gave a very charitable um, take on not only religion and its role in your life and the role of other people's lives, you also gave a very charitable take on politics. So what I guess I'm trying to ask with that as we talk about this and, and just kind of talk this out a little bit, what do you find in your life has led you to somewhat be empathetic and flexible in how you approach people and their particular viewpoints and vantage points? Like what gives you that, what has given you that sense of, it's okay for you to disagree with people and I can still have a relationship with you. I can still respect you. Where did that come from?
1: Um, You know, that's, again, it's a, it's a, a not something that happened overnight, you know, it's, so I, I grew up in a, a non-religious household. Um, and then when I was in middle school is what they call it in this part of the country, I think it changes from different areas, but yeah, basically we basically sick- middle school too. Okay, so yeah, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, um, my mom put me in a Lutheran school, um, and that was primarily because it was really small class sizes, and I was I was getting in so much trouble for talking, like I was just describing in, in the public school I was at, but th- that class had 30 kids in it, and so the teacher was literally putting me in a corner and then putting a, a, a cardboard divider that's like a trifold thing around my desk. So it literally just put me in like a little box in the room. So I couldn't see any other kids. So that way I couldn't talk to anyone or, you know, whatever. Um, that was not, you know, <laughs> pleasant for me at all. And, uh, so anyway, so my mom put me in this Lutheran school to, to give me the smaller class sizes. And and that way I could maybe get, you know, better attention from the, the teacher in that way. And, um, and yeah, so So I actually converted to Christianity at that point, you know, not, not day one, but through that time. Sure. Um, and, um, but I mean, it was, and I, to be clear, I don't mean, as you said, you know, I, I don't ever mean any disrespect to any religious belief whatsoever. Um, I, I, I used to be different on that, but I definitely don't feel, um, any negative sentiment really at this point. But anyway, it, it was something that would, the, the, the indoctrination of the religion was just very baked in. I mean, it, you know, every day we had a, a, like a Bible study kind of class, but even in like mathematics and stuff, it was like, you know, two plus two is four because God made two plus two, four, like, isn't that beautiful? You know? And they just constantly would tie things back into everything is part of God's majesty kind of thing. Um, which is, you know, again, that's part of that belief system and that's fine. And, and, and it, it, it definitely kind of swept me up in it later in life. I kind of found that it it didn't, um, it didn't jive for me anymore, I guess you could say. Um, and so I actually kind of went a hard direction the other way where I became hypercritical of religion. And it's interesting that, that (laughs) it's, I'm glad I put that podcast about politics out, I guess, because it's interesting to hear someone say that I'm charitable politically because, honestly, until a couple years ago, I also was not, I mean, if someone was, was bigoted in any way, whether that be about race or sexuality or gender or anything like it, it really bothers me. And that's not different. Like it still really bothers me, but it used to be a thing where, you know, if, if, if someone said some, some word that's not okay to say, you know, whether that be the N word or whether that be, uh, you know, an F word referring to homosexuals or whether that be, I don't know, just whatever it is. I mean, I was willing to write them off. Like, I don't need to talk to you ever again. You, you have no value for me, right? Um, and and it, honestly, it kind of took Donald Trump <laughs> getting elected <laughs> um, to show me that I was wrong. And not because the positions I held were wrong, but because it turns out that if you just tell people that disagree with you to shut up and go in the other room, they will. And then there's a whole bunch of them in the other room. And then they just talk with each other. And now your viewpoint isn't in there. And now you have this massive tribalism that we see in America.
0: And the echo chamber that, that you help de- build and develop by isolating people away from
1: your own ideas. Correct. Exactly. And the truth is, is that like it, it's hard because if someone, you know, w- we'll just take a, this example. But like if someone wants to be racist, there's just literally not a justification for it. Like there's just no way that you can that you can spin it. So it's like, okay, I can understand your viewpoint. So it's hard. It's hard because someone, you know, there are some things that, you know, if you like vanilla ice cream and I like strawberry ice cream, fine. I can understand how we can, we can agree to disagree because it's subjective, but there are some things that are objectively just not okay. And, and being a you know, a bully, which a bully is a very big understatement for, you know, racism, for example, but ultimately it, it basically is that it's someone treating someone else poorly because they think they can. And, and that that's tough. Um, anyway, but, but I kind of realize that it <laughs> too bad that it's tough because it doesn't solve the problem. Like, and, and to be clear, I'm a completely nonviolent person, but honestly, and, and so I'm not advocating that this is an answer at all, But unless you're going to like, you know, literally eliminate all of the people that disagree with you, which again, I'm not, that's insane. But unless that's what's on the table, then you can't just ignore them because unless if they're going to be around, then they're going to be around. And so, um, and, and you know, honestly, I live in, in Springfield, Missouri, which is a rather rural part of the country. It's known as the Bible belt, uh, of America and I don't fit in in a lot of ways with the community that I'm, that I live in, but I'm from here. So people would say like, Oh, well you could move somewhere like move to Oregon where there's a bunch of liberals or something. Right. But, but I don't, why do I have to move? Like I'm from here. I have just as much right to be here as anyone else that's here. You know what I mean? so instead of running or instead of fighting, it's like, I don't know, we got to figure out a way. Uh, And I don't mean be a doormat and I don't mean stand, don't stand up for yourself. I absolutely still believe in all those things. I just mean, you just can't, you just can't, can't isolate people. Cause again, they're not really isolated. They're just isolated with other people like them. (laughs) So
0: No, no, that's true. That's true. And I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a, you know, a set of observations about yourself that, you know, it takes a lot of growth and, and maturity to make those statements towards yourself about, Hey, this is how I used to be. And this is what I'm aspiring to be now. And I think that's a sign of growth and maturity that, you know, that you hope to to aspire to as a person, you know, um, you know, as a Christian, you know, I grew up in, you know, in, in a, in a community that went to church every, you know, not every Sunday, um, but well, yeah, we were in, we were in church every Sunday and, um, it just, we we just didn't call it particularly church service. Um, Mm. but we went to church service and, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, my parents believed in God and my parents, uh, you know, definitely spoke openly about Jesus and, and the Bible, And, um, you know, so I grew up in that space and it really wasn't until I got to college that I was challenged on was I just being a cultural Christian, just being somebody who grew up in a culture, a Christian, a Christian, you know, setting and culture. Um, and, you know, had some mannerisms that were flavored by my, you know, moral code being set by my parents who were Christians, or was I truly committed to the faith? And I think that was a, you know, a fairly uh, pivotal moment in my life. Um, but you know, one of the things that you quickly learn when you get outside of your home and to your point, what you said is that people don't think like you, not everybody thinks like you, not everybody shares your beliefs, not everybody shares your system of, uh, viewing the world, your worldview. So I had to go through that same growing up phase and don't get me wrong. I still, I still battle very much with my biases towards my own view of the world. And, um, I think in fairness, to people who have um, objections about religion and Christianity in particular. Um, I know that for a fact that, you know, some of the doctrine and the precepts of the Bible have been, have been taken and pressed into some very bigoted views towards people who, who don't express those views or, or don't conform to that particular, you know, sense of morality or, 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 or way of viewing themselves. Um So, you know, that's a fair criticism. And I, and I think it's, I think it's telling, um, when people such as yourself go through those experiences and those sort of, I don't want to say awakenings, but those, those shifts in perspectives where you were once seeing things a certain way, according to a particular, you know, view of the world. And now you have to kind of reconcile the disparity between the best of the idea and what actually is implemented. You know what I mean? I think that's, I think a lot of times that rocks people's world when, they see the best of the idea falling so short when it, to encapsulate the world that they're, they're in. And, um, and so, you know, just hearing you talk about that, I think that's really, I think that's really, um, a good thing. And, I mean, even, even the stuff you're talking about now with the politics, I find myself really disturbed by that. Um, not what you said, but just the, the, this antagonistic culture we're in. Um, I was having a conversation on another episode I recorded yesterday. Where I was just talking about, I think that we live in a time where we are being really fed some very uh, toxic diets of ideas. So even though I think it's important, and this is me speaking candidly as a black man, even though I think it's important that we talk about racism, that we have brutally honest conversations about racism, I also recognize as a person who does a form of media that there are people who devote their entire media platform to the subject and the topic of race. And if I go and and drink from that fountain uh, metaphorically consistently enough, then that's going to drastically skew my view of the world as I see race. Not that the issue of race isn't real and racism isn't real, but it's just going to it's going to make me have a bleak look on outlook on the world. So I have to balance it out with not pretending that racism doesn't exist, but I have to balance out my consumption of that material that highlights that racism exists by consuming other forms of media and other subject matter that doesn't, that doesn't relate to that topic because I feel like you can, you can cultivate a mindset or if this was a spiritual context, I would say a spirit of fear and, and just, just despair when you read some of these articles, whether that's politically speaking um, or even racially speaking, I'll tell you this story Walker and we'll get away from, um, way away from that topic, at least, um, cause I don't want to hit too heavy of a podcast. I keep saying, that. I don't know why I keep drifting off into these really heavy topics, but, uh, what, you know, for me, I never forget, um, I never forget growing up, not growing up. I never forgot I was working in my, in the office and, and me and this guy was shared a space and we were listening to, um, we were listening to talk radio cause we were like, Hey, we want to hear some talk radio. And uh something to kind of have some background noise, you know, while we were working. And the job we had was, you know, it was fairly stressful place, right? So we we were listening to like conservative talk radio. Not because we were conservatives per se, uh, but just simply because that's what that's that's predominantly what's on, especially down here in the south. So mm-hmm. so man, we we're sitting there, Walker, and all of a sudden I just one day started having like a I was having a stressful day at work. And all of a sudden I just realized like I like I was getting mentally frustrated from what was on the radio, mentally frustrated from what was going on with the work I was doing. And I'm like, why am I listening to this just this this end of the world doomsday? The Democrats are going to destroy everything. Conversation. Like, why, why am I listening to this? You know? And um I was very I was like, I just got really frustrated. I'm like, why am I listening to this? So at, at that point, I was like, I'm done listening to that. And I told the guy I was sitting there with us man. I said, man, I, I don't mean to, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but we need to stop listening today. He was completely in agreement. I was like, why are we stressing ourselves out by listening to this particular perspective of content? So we went on to listen to uh, sports talk radio, which um, was a lot less intense and a lot less, you know, Uh, doomsday, it was more happy-go-lucky. It's like, hey, you know, go, go, go watch your favorite team. (laughs) Who is your favorite team? You know, do you hope that this, you know, this particular star comes to your team? So I I think that's where, um, I think that's where I'm at with a lot of this stuff. Um, but to sum up, I guess it's this, this bit of a, a, of a brain dump that I'm dropping on you, um, in response to what you were saying about your empathy and where it comes from. I think it just goes back to us trying to, trying to see human beings, man. Like, um, you know, I really believe that as a Christian, that it starts with us seeing each other as human beings first, that even a racist, and and I'm not empathizing with racism in any way, but I see people get mangled by their origin story. And I understand that that's what produces the mindset of a racist, you know, and I have to always try to make a distinction that people aren't their ideas. And man, it's hard, dude. Like, like, mm-hmm. it's super hard to see people separate from their ideas. And, you know, and I'm not trying to advocate that for everybody to do out there who are, who's listening to this podcast because you got to find that in your own in your own way. But I, I get you when you were saying, like, hey, I just would dismiss people like I, I'm the same way. It's like, you know, if you don't believe what I believe, then I don't really have time for you. But then I got to remember um, that where people come from, that is what cultivated that idea in them. And, you know, that's what helped that philosophy take hold in their life, you know? And, um, you know, and, and it doesn't mean that they get a pass for being a racist, but they get maybe a little bit of empathy and a little bit of attention as I try to build a bridge with them to hopefully get them to walk away from that idea, if that makes sense. Um, but you know, some people obviously don't, don't give you that option and it's tough. So, but, um, I try, and I think for me, the way I try to have, I'm trying to develop empathy and continue to develop empathy, and uh, and really use that for my new platform of upgrading to Jameson 3.0, is <laughs> by uh, is by continuing to try and see people as people, and trying to see people divorced from their ideas, because people aren't ideas. Ideas exist outside of people; they just only manifest themselves when they find somebody who will pick it up and, and actually let it you know take take hold in their life it's kind of like the the venom suit to the, the, the bring bring it to bring into a, a much lighter metaphor it's like the symbiote by itself it can it can kind of survive and get along but you don't get the crazy stuff that happens right until the symbiote finds a host and that's kind of how the idea is it'll, it'll lie dormant until someone comes along and reads it and, and or or thinks of it or or mean not thinks of it but reads it or views it and then they try to internalize it and actually live it out so but
1: yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all of that. Um, And just to kind of put a little button on it, you know, something that you said made me think of this, that it's, it, it's the 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 challenge of, of having that perspective and the difficulty of it. And, and it, it's interesting because for most of my life, I thought that the hard part was being willing to stand up to something that you didn't like. So I thought that I was doing the hard work by being like, Oh, you said what? No, get out of my life. Like, I don't, I don't have anything to do with you. And it's not. It's actually the hard work is is what you're talking about. The hard work is is staying in that space and trying to figure out how to to make it better, not just not just walking away or shunning, you know. So um it's just it's crazy because people I, I like almost idolize that, that fighting is the hard work or that hard work is symbolized by a fight or a struggle. And I don't even mean between people. I mean that's just A common sentiment that people have when they post stuff on social media, you know, the struggle is real, or you know, they're they're fighting to get whatever, and it's like, man, the real work is in (laughs) is in empathy and kindness and graciousness. Like that's the hard, (laughs) that's the hard stuff. That's it. Because then you got to deal with your pride too. (laughs) Yeah,
0: dude. I mean, that's it, man. So I think we just made everybody better by talking about that, man. That's uh, (laughs) a no. I'm serious. I mean, that was good. I mean, you 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 summed it up so well there. I don't even want to. I don't even want to. You know try to add anything else to it. But, um, you know, that's where I'm at. And, and I mean, I think that's part of why we are able to be friends and, um, we are able, we've kept the connection that we've had, um, since Podfest is because, you know, I I can hear that in how you approach things, you know, and, um, you know, and I feel like I, and I hope at least as a friend, you don't feel that I'm imposing ever my, my view of the world upon you in in some oppressive way where you have to, you know, "quote unquote," bend the knee to my, uh, to my thought process as a friend. So,
1: I mean, outside of when you tried to punk me in Orlando, I mean, I've never since <laughs> that. I'm just kidding. But obviously, you're like the nicest guy in the world. So, no. Well, <laughs> I, need,
0: I need to get that on the. I need to get that on the billboard, man. You'll be surprised. People, people disagree with you. I think I have. A, uh, I think I have some people I can who I can send you away. They'll they'll change your mind about that uh that's where that's where that's where the hate mail will come from walker they'll be like let me tell you about this jameson guy that you said was a nice guy you know oh man but uh it it it's some more lighter stuff man cuz i've been kind of really in this creative um bag and and i've just been thinking about the world so the podcast is supposed to be that that outlet for me too to share that with the world so um, yeah. if people, you know, if people want is want, want the other stuff, go over to Facebook and go to culture and conversation. You'll find a whole lot of raucous conversations over there that you can, <laughs> that you can, <laughs> that you can lose yourself in. So, uh, so getting back to your podcast, man, the walk show podcast, you know, what has, what has your experience been like when people h- listen to your show? Like, I know you've got people around you who obviously have listened to your show because we, we always market to our friends and family first when we start stuff. You know Mm -hmm. what has the response been like from them, and uh, has any of it uh, shocked you? Has any of it uh, been, uh, I guess, confirmatory of your efforts? You know what's that like when you hear people um, tell you that they listen to your show?
1: Um, honestly, it's super humbling. Anytime anyone says that they listen to the show, I'm super grateful. uh, You know that anyone would (laughs) would give me the chance, Um, because the truth is, is that you know maybe i have a natural radio voice and and maybe i i think about things or whatever but i'm also new to it so i'm sure that every episode of the walk show is not <laughs> was not the best podcast episode you could listen to that week if you could only pick one you know um so i think it's really cool when people do check it out everyone is very very gracious and and nice always everyone's very supportive um and you know you, you yourself have, have sent me different emails and we've had different conversations where you've said some some very nice things. And, and it's not just, it's obviously not just flattery because you're just like you have in this conversation, you're actually referencing different things that were said in the show and, and really kind of sharing your insight, you know, on whatever it was, that was said. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's super cool. Um, I, I will say I've, I've not succeeded really in growing the audience a ton. I don't know where all of the listeners are from. I mean, you can kind of see like where they're from city state wise, on, on buzzsprout. Um, but I don't, and I don't necessarily recognize all the city-state combos. So maybe there's some strangers <laughs> listening. Um, But the thing is, is that the the walk show is, you know, honestly, your show, like your show, has the the name that that your show, the name of your show, Culture and Conversations, is the perfect name for this type. And, and not to say that our shows are identical or something, but I would say they're kind of in the same genre. In so much as, like, we're not doing true crime stories or sure, we're not doing sure. politics, you know? Yeah. It's kind of this open free format.
0: I think it's, I think you, know, I think you nailed it, man. When I heard your show and I, and I, and I, and then full, you know, disclosure to the audience, you know, I met you and you told me the concept of your show. I was like, yeah, man, like, I can totally grok what you're talking about and understand it because that's what, that's the exact type of show that I do. And uh, sure enough, when I went to listen to your show, I saw exactly what you were doing. I said, yeah, this is exactly what I do. So not only has our friendship, I think, been um, beneficial from just a human perspective, you know, it goes deeper because our shows are really kindred spirits. We're trying to accomplish a very similar thing. You know, we're just trying to share and have these great conversations with our friends and people we have contact with and uh yeah you know, spread the spread that conversational format out to people. You know, um you know as far as you growing the audience, I mean, that just takes time. You know, it's a slow grind. Podcasting is a lot different. Um you know, I have ramped up um the my efforts by doing a live stream uh called hashtag the group chat on Facebook. And, uh, even there's days over there, I get frustrated with the fighting around with the algorithm over in Facebook and who can see what and when they can see it. And, and, um, I get, I do get more of a pop over there because of just the nature of that environment. But at the same time, the audio podcast is slowly ticking up as I meet people. I tell them like, Hey, listen to the podcast, listen to the podcast, listen to the podcast. So, um, I guess the piece of advice I would give you. Um, as you reflect on growing your audience, and this is just what I've been trying to do, we don't have the hacks of celebrity. We don't have, um, you know, all these eyes already on us and they just want to hear what we're saying. So what you're going to have to do is go deep because, you know, you can't go wide. So with every listener, with every person that you meet, every person you engage about your podcast, try and form a really substantive relationship with them and, and, and in the hopes that they'll be an evangelist for you. And, um, if you continue to do that as, you know, uh, uh, at, at the scale that you can as a person, cause you still have to maintain those relationships, um, and service them because it, it's gotta be more there than just, Hey, listen to my podcast, you know, then I think you'll see that your podcast will organically begin to grow and slowly take up and slowly continue to develop and stuff like that. So,
1: yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's really good advice. And yeah, I mean, I've seen, seen what you're doing with the group chat and I think that's awesome. Um, and obviously I assume it's been announced here prior to now, but you know, you've got that new merchandise, which I did order a shirt hasn't come in yet, but I did, I did order one. So I'll send you a pick when I get it. Cool, um, man. Cool. I dude.
0: Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the new merchandise uh, they know about it, um, or they will know about it when, when, when the episodes come out. Um, and, and just so I, just so you know, I can give you a customer service update. Cause I meant to re- send you an email that particular color of your shirt, uh, is not carried in stock by the printer natively they don't just keep that in that shirt size and color combination mm-hmm. so they order it from their vendor so as soon as they get that shirt in they'll print your shirt but the good news is that the vendor carries that color and combination so um as soon as they get it um, you'll get it so the status update right now is that they're restocking that shirt so that they can print because it does printing on demand so cool and, yeah uh, and but uh yeah it's coming in it's coming i saw your order come through and i wanted i I was like well if they if they don't send it out in the next get it printed out the next day or two here i'm gonna give him an update and let him know that that's what's going on but uh by the time this probably this episode comes out you will have your
1: shirt i'm assuming so cool yeah yeah and to be clear i didn't mean that like i wasn't worried about it or anything i just just was saying i I, I didn't have a picture available yet but
0: no no uh, i didn't take it that way i just i just knew (laughs) that uh I just knew that, you know, that's part of me trying to bake into the, into this process of, of, of the, of selling the merchandise. If I know people who, you know, who, have, who, who purchase stuff, I want to make sure they, they feel like, Hey, we're working on it, which, you know, the, the, the vendor's working on it. So, and, right. uh. So yeah, that's just me giving feedback and also letting the listener know that hey, I do I do customer service too. Like I'm not just, you know, <laughs> I'm not just sending you over to some like yeah, Russian website where they're stealing right. your credit card number and pretending like they're going to send you t-shirts. Like that's that's not that's not how this right. works. So right. um but I was flattered that you I was flattered that you um even bought a shirt, man. Like that was really cool and uh just seeing that order pop up, I was, "Oh, that's cool, man. He's he really supported the show on that." So, as soon as you get some merch or something, I can do Um, to contribute to your effort, man. Yeah, when you start down the path to monetization,
1: let me know. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Well, so that's what I was going to say. Is you know, with the walk show, like, you know, like we've been talking about, it's kind of open format, just kind of like what you're doing here, and and I love the creative freedom of that. And so, you know, when we were in Orlando, everyone just talked about you got to have a niche, you got to have a niche, and I just I I get it. And it's not that I don't think that that makes sense but it's just not what I want the walk show to be. Um, So I'm actually trying my hand at a niche podcast. Me and another friend right now are actually recording episodes um, for a new video game centric. So a gaming podcast called Pick Up Your Sticks. Um, And we're actually going to do approach a little different. Like we're starting out with some serialized content. So we're going to we're going to talk about uh, there's a, a game company called Blizzard that makes, you know, World of Warcraft and Overwatch and Diablo and Starcraft and all these long-standing franchises. So we're actually doing recording a series, which we just recorded another episode last night, uh, where we're talking all about Blizzard and all about all the different Blizzard IPs that they've had over the last couple of decades. And then once we get it all recorded, then we'll put that out as a series. And then we'll go back and record another series and then put that out. So whereas the walk show is almost like a weekly thing. I mean, not necessarily that the episode that I Publish each week is the one that was recorded that week. We have a little bit of a backlog, but typically we're doing all that work week over week. Whereas with this other one, I'm going to use a different uh, media host, and I'm going to I'm going to do the serialized approach, and I'm going to have it niche. So I'm really going to try the other side of that podcast and coin and see. Now I might hose myself because I'm stretching too thin, but uh, I don't have a wife or kids or anything, so I think I can figure it out.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's good to create, man because you sh- you know so let me let me go back to what you said about uh you know that whole niche niche concept i got mm-hmm. the same advice right i got the same advice when from other friends when and when i started my podcast like you're going too wide and i just got done telling you telling you and the listeners earlier in this episode about just or this this conversation about like i don't want to i don't i don't like sitting down listening to one particular slant or perspective or topic on, on, on things. Now I think with a video game, you know, a podcast, I think that's a great niche, right? Like that's a safe, healthy niche. Like I don't think you can, I don't think you can mess that up where if I listen to your podcast all the time on video games, that's going to distort my view of the world. Right. So, right. (laughs) um, (laughs) But on something like culture and conversations where I'm talking about everything, I feel like that's great because people can pick and choose. It's a Buffy of thought, right? Like, okay. You know, Oh, that's, that's the title for this episode, man. Uh, James, you you know, Walker near and, and, and it shares a Buffy of thought, you know, something like that. But, um, you know, when yeah. Yeah. So we, we're just talking, right. And I want people to come along and hear different things. Like, Like, yeah, man, okay, these two guys are from different backgrounds. They're from different perspectives. They're, you know, they, they, but they, but they are, they, they have this commonality called a podcast and they're podcasting and talking about each other. And here they are finally, they're kindred spirits and they're trying to do the exact same thing with their show. And, uh, you know, so I want people to hear that and, and, and pick and choose what they want from it. Like, oh, that was a good thought he gave, or that was a great insight from his guest. So, but then I don't, I'm not monolithic. I don't want to have to talk about. I don't know, um, you know, you know, uh, dung beetle, uh, uh, birth rates in, you know, in Africa. Like, I don't want to talk, I don't want to talk about that all the time. So, you know, I'm a gardener, I'm, I'm, I'm multifaceted as a person. So why should I have to make my podcast, you know, you know, monolithic or, 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 or really, um, narrow casted. So, um, so with that said, I think that if it's, if it's to going back to your point, this is where I want to encourage you. If it's true to who you are, if that's a genuine interest you have, then do it, man. Like and whoever comes along and falls in love with it, let them fall in love with it and give them the best show you got. And that's what, that's what I do with my listeners, man. Like I, I have the same mindset it's like, Oh, I could, you know, I could, I could, I want to talk to thousands and tens of thousands of people, but man, for the people who are here every week who download and listen to this. I'm gonna give them the best I got, man, and 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 whoever doesn't come into in, into the space of my podcast because of that, well then you know shame on you and go kick rocks and I hope your MP3 player skips like whatever you know like <laughs> you know, like I'm pretty I'm, I'm just keeping I'm just keeping it real so yeah uh, you know I got like I could care less and I, and I hope you feel the same way because I think that your voice has value to the world and I think that's really been some of the theme of this conversation is that your voice has value to the world and. And uh, I think you have a right to share your voice with whoever wants to listen to it. Um, You know, and and I say this, um, Jesus has a, he has a great line in, in, in the Gospels where Jesus says, my sheep know my voice, right? And it's such a deeply, you know, rich line theologically, but I think also metaphorically and allegorically, it really speaks to what we're doing. We are putting our voice out there and whoever are our sheep they're going to know our voice when they hear they're going to resonate with what we're saying and why we're saying it and the the, the those sheep you know and this sounds please don't take this as me being condescending kind of listeners but those sheep deserve a shepherd so if i can be their shepherd by giving by giving their ideas a place where they resonate and giving them something that they that they feel like it tends to them on some level whether it's just in in terms of being thought provoking uh, maybe it's encouraging. Uh, maybe it's insightful. Uh, maybe it's, it, it feeds a, a spiritual component in their life through their faith system or whatever. Okay. Well, great. Then come here and eat. And I, and I'm going to give you that consistently as best I can. So I, I think that, um, I think that I hope you would take that as encouragement because I want to, you know, I want to hear your voice more. And, um, I want to hear you share your thoughts and ideas with the world. And I, and I don't want you ever to limit it because of what you feel other people may or may not respond to. It's more about what is Walker's voice and then trust that somebody's meant to hear it.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I really, I I do appreciate those words of encouragement a lot, man. Um, Just, just like always, you always, you always have the right thing to say, but um, it's, it's kind of a, it's a thing where video games, you know, are specifically a a passion of mine. It's my, (laughs) my primary hobby. Um, And, and I honestly kind of felt like, because I spend so much time gaming, I can go really, really, really deep into a conversation about gaming, but the walk show isn't a gaming podcast and the audience isn't necessarily an audience of gamers. Now, some people in that, in that audience are, um, but I think that it it kind of goes too. you f- can, I can go too far with it. And so it's like, well, my options are either like, so basically I decided that I wanted to limit my gaming conversations in, in the walk show. Not that I would never talk about it, but I mean, I've got one episode where I do like 20 minutes on this really <laughs> out there kind of game that unless you're an avid PC gamer, it just, it's never going to be something that comes you know, it's not on Xbox. It's not on PlayStation. It's not something that's going to come across your desk as a, a, a standard typical kind of gamer. And and it's like I felt like I was actually kind of using it as a crutch for the walk show for content because I was I'm if I don't know what to talk about I can always talk about games, um, so fine if I'm going to limit it from the walk show that's cool but I actually do feel really strongly about <laughs> about gaming and I do want to talk about it so that's kind of what led me to to tr- you know try the hand at the other the other show. And then in addition to that, it gives me an opportunity to try something that's more focused in its branding, more focused in its audience, more focused in its messaging and see if you know what, how that shakes out. Um, but in the end, I, I absolutely agree with you um, that I, I, I don't want to, and I don't think it works. You know, if, if I tried to make a show, I mean, I, I guess I just said, I wasn't was going to talk about gaming less trying to try and accommodate the audience, but that's kind of just removing, removing something versus like, if I try and rigidly define the show about like, okay, well, everyone only cares about, you know, Trump in the news. So I'm just going to do a podcast about Trump in the news. Well, I don't care about that that much. So it's, it's going to come across as, as disingenuous to some extent, if that's all I ever talk about, because that, you know, that's, that's not what my passion is. You know, it's something I have thoughts about, but not exclusively. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you'd be faking the
0: relationship with the audience just for the audience sake, right? It's right. Kinda, you kind of be like gold digging. It's like, oh, like, I like, hey, like me, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to pretend to like the things you like so that I can get the benefit of you liking me when that's not, that's not really, like you said, that's not who you are. So, um, you know, one last thing, cause people are listening to this. They may be tuning, they may be tuning out right now. Like they're talking about podcasting. Oh my God, this is a podcast about <laughs> podcasting. Uh, <laughs>
1: I bet. So, I bet.
0: exactly speaking of uh my sheep would know my voice they're like well this this must not be my shepherd anymore um I can i can see that now jamie you you know james has said that he's looking for people to for sheep to be to be the shepherd of like oh my goodness i would meant. meant. that's not what i meant but that's how people take things in in 2019 but uh Whatever. i would say this man you know there's always room on your show for a bonus show so you know not only do bonus shows uh Give people another side of who you are, um, but they also um, you know, it would also keep you from having to start another feed and all that stuff. And and then yeah. uh, who knows, man? You might cap you make you may capture people who are coming over to your show for the 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 video game talk, and then they they're like, man, this Walker guy's actually a pretty cool guy, so they'll stick around for the other conversation, you know? And, right, right, uh, that's true. So that's like that's where you can kind of broaden your net up a little bit for for trying to catch listeners but but um but speaking of video games man like I really enjoyed um the conversation another episode that I really enjoyed was I listened to that episode that you did with your friend I can't remember his name but so so please uh, correct me and shout him out when I I tell you this but you guys were talking about level builder and um uh mm-hmm. I think you're talking about level builder games I should say and uh, it was a particular one in, in mind that you were talking about. Um, I can't remember uh, it, it, it exactly, um, but the, I think the video game producers are named Butterscotch. That's the name of the company. And yeah. uh, and you were just talking about the the whole the whole you know concept of, of of designing games like that in particular, where the objective is for you to construct levels, and then you can share those levels uh, with other people in the community around the game and then they can download your level pack and then play it and then see if they can beat it. And then there's a whole other side to the community of the or the gaming experience. Well, not only do you, you play the game that I guess as it comes where they have the pre-installed levels, but then you can expand mm-hmm. your experience with the game by by playing the community levels that people have and then also designing levels, which is another side of it too. So, I thought that was just really cool and then you talked about alpha uh testing in video games which um, I'm not a video game developer, but I am a developer by trade. So hearing the alpha testing part, I thought that was really cool. And just hearing the technical, a little bit of technical stuff there that I didn't expect to hear on your podcast, but I got some of that awesome technical talk. And, okay. uh, but it was entertaining because it wasn't about like, you know, why isn't my report generating James? And it's more like, Hey, you know, <laughs> we're trying to make sure that this, uh, the frame rates are, are good on this video game when, uh, it gets to really, you know, rendering crazy stuff. And then, um, also hearing about early access too, like I never knew that people were buying video games in beta before they came out. And, um, Mm. another community that you kind of exposed me to that I have a very, um, cursory knowledge of is steam. You were talking about steam games and I have steam on my computer. Matter of fact, on my laptop that I'm, that I'm recording this on. And, uh, I got Steam because they have these party pack games where I can play adult games with my friends where our smartphones. And, um, Mm -hmm. so I, I, I'm going to have, matter of fact, I'm going to have a game night, uh, coming up for my listener appreciation event where a lot of people who I know and, and who have been on the podcast, who've been supportive of the podcast are going to come by and, and uh, we're going to have some adult beverages and sit around and play, um, play these games and, and talk to each other and all this, all this fun stuff. Right. But anyway, you brought that up and I'm like, I'm like, you know damn there's another there's another thing that me and him have some understanding about, but I got exposed to in your podcast, so I guess what I'm saying is um when I kind of started on this ramble, it's just that it's uh it's an amazing show your show if you continue down that path, and that's why when I met you and you were talking about well, I'm just a few episodes in, and I was like man if you when i of what I heard and then what i what I know your destination is that you're trying to go to. I'm um, at least as of today, I'm like, man, dude, your show is going to be amazing. And you've got the. I think you've got the knack for it, um, in terms of you're smart enough to do the show. Um, I think that you're creative enough to do the show. I think that the only thing that will ever limit your show is really just you. You know, I think that's where, I think that's where I see it going. So, um, it's something that I know I can put on and, you know, I may not listen to it avidly every week. But I'll go and grab an episode and say, you know, I'm gonna sit here and listen to this podcast this evening while I wash up the dishes or fold up clothes in my house. And it's just, yeah, it's been good, man. I really enjoyed it. So I mean, I I was, I think I was doing some cooking or something when I was listening to that episode about the video game stuff. And mm-hmm. um, so, that, so yeah, it's funny to hear that you're talking about starting a show about that because I because that episode was so insightful. Uh, it was really rich. You even you even talked about old video games that uh, I'm I was familiar with as a kid. Um, you were talking about one that I never got a chance to play, but you were talking about, I can't remember the name of it, but the game was, um, the game was essentially, you know, you could rewind time and that mm-hmm. element was in the game where you could rewind time and some things were immune to the time rewind. And you mm-hmm. gave this really um, detailed example where you had to go and get a key from the bottom of a hole and, and the key was immune to the time rewind. So you can go basically you jump into the hole, you grab the key, and then you rewind the time, and then that then you jump over you know you jump over the hole or whatever, and then use the key that unlocks the door and go to the next level. So mm-hmm. you know you talked about those games. I remember that game when it came out because that game was like you know kind of groundbreaking at a time with the concept that was behind it. So you know, mm-hmm. so as it relates to video games, um, what type of games do you like to play? Do you like to play RPGs? Uh, do you like to play first person shooter? What are you? What are the type of games that Walker near likes to play?
1: <laughs> well. Um so to answer that question directly i I literally play all types of games you know on my steam library alone, I have just under eight hundred titles um and then I've got games on playstation I've got games on xbox I've got games on several other digital online platforms that I won't take the time to list but um but yeah i I literally play play everything and and it it's almost to a point where like i <laughs> I, I play so many different games and I have so much variety access to variety that, that I, it's rare that I will play just one game for a really long time. I mean, there's times where I'll get stuck on a game for two or three weeks and, and really be sucked into it. But, uh, it's rare that I just play one thing for several months or anything like that, for example. Um, to to kind of answer the a couple of the questions you had at the beginning of, of what you were just saying there, so the it's interesting that that episode you would bring up <laughs> because the guy who hosted that episode with me or was on that show is a guy named Brett Lindley, um, and the game is called Level Head. Uh, the developer is, is Butterscotch Shenanigans, and it's actually Brett Lindley who I am hosting Pick Up Your Sticks, which is our video game podcast uh, that's who, that's who's co-hosting that show with me. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, we, we liked our, our chemistry, if you will, on that show as well, and, and decided to, or that episode and decided to, to spin off a new thing. Um, when it comes to games, I mean, I've just played games since I was a little kid. I, I started, I, my earliest memories are, are playing video games. My dad was, it was an avid gamer as well. So we played the, probably the, my, favorite game from my childhood that are my early childhood, at least that I remember would be Mike Tyson's punch out. Um, my dad could beat Mike Tyson, which was a, a rare feat at that time because this is pre internet and pre cheat codes and that sort of stuff. And none of my <laughs> other friends could, um, that was a badge of honor back in the day, being able to beat Tyson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, anyway, and, and yeah, just, uh, just from there, I just, you know, just grew up playing games. It's just something I've always done. It's, it's a, a, it's a really easy way for me to have really fun social experiences with my close friends because for very little investment, you know, assuming we already have the hardware or whatever, we can, we can jump in and play a game. And especially if we were doing the game, then all we need is, you know, is just the time to play. Um, but you can go on some crazy adventures and you can problem solve a lot together and you can encounter different scenarios and, and get different viewpoints and see, you know, how people are going to approach it and and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just always been, uh, something that I've been very passionate about. It's actually nice that I have the podcast now because when people ask me what I do <laughs> for a long time, I've just been like, uh, I hang out with my friends and play video games, which was fine mm-hmm. when I was 22, but I'm 35 now. So it's kind of a bad answer. So it's nice because now I don't have to say that. And I'm like, well, you know, I work and you know, I play games and I, I also do a podcast uh, and then that's always like, oh, really? And then I can talk about that and we don't have to talk about my my video game addiction anymore. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think it's cool, man, that you uh, are taking taking something that we all relate to and and, and put it into it. You know, um, let me do this, man. Um, I'm going to give myself an invitation to your to your new show. I would, yeah. and I'm gonna tell you what I would love to talk about, and and, okay. if you, and if you'd have me, I would love to be a part of it, and we okay. can we can do the dual recording. I'll put it on my feed as well, and and introduce you, my audience to your show. I would love to talk about how video games changed my life, and yes. and uh, yeah, because I've got a, I don't want to give it away now, but no. I'll I can I remember when I saw my very first home video game console and I remember what that did to me. And I want to share that with your audience. So,
1: Oh my God, that would be perfect. So the, the whole thing. So, you know, with the walk show, I've kind of struggled to say what my audience promise is if you will. And and what I mean by that is just what are we trying to deliver? And with the walk show, it's like, well, we're really just kind of deliver, trying to deliver like a hangout or a conversation or, you know, I don't know those type of things. So with this gaming podcast, when me and Brett decided to start it, that was the first thing that I, I made us sit down and do, was come up with what are what is our audience promise, what's our mission statement, if you will. And ultimately what we kind of came up with, we started off with a lot of flowery language that was too hard to understand, but eventually kind of just settled on, we want to talk about why games matter. And 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 he and I really want to focus on both the, the larger social or, or global, I'm using air quotes right now, but global impact that games have had. But then we also want to talk about why they matter to us, because that's that's what's interesting. So, you know, there, there's a game, um, the, the game I referenced earlier that I did 20 minutes about on my, on my on the walk show, it's a game called Factorio. Well, that game is not well known. That game has not changed the world in any way. Most people that are not hardcore PC gamers on Steam don't know what Factorio is. And in fact, even most of those people probably don't know what it is. But for me, it was very profound and significant. So, even if the world doesn't know about it, I still want to talk about it. But then there's other things where, you know, maybe to me it's not even that significant, but it had a huge mark on on the world. Um, so, yeah, that that topic is perfect because that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what we're going for on the show: is why does it matter? You know, why does it matter to you or to everyone or or both? You know,
0: yeah, and I mean. Dude, I've got so much I could say to that. I want to tell, oh, that's such a good, that's going to be such a good episode, man. And it's such a good show. I mean, it's such a good show concept. I mean, you know, um, and I, and like I said, I, I've got so, I got, I got to write these thoughts down so I don't forget it. Cause there's two major, there's two major parts of that story for me that I resonate with in your show's purpose. And, and, uh, I want to make sure that I communicate that. So, man, Walker, we've been going at this, uh, for a while, man. And I feel like we could keep on talking. So we may want to give the people a part too. But um, I feel like you're just one of these great people that I'm glad that I've had the chance to uh, me making their acquaintance or meeting their acquaintance or whatever the colloquialism is. And uh yeah, this I mean, this is the kind of podcast it is if people want perfection on the podcast and they need to make donations, and even still, we won't be <laughs> it still won't be perfect. Um, mm-hmm. But but I will ask this before I let you go, man. Do you ever what are what are your monetization goals? Do you see yourself monetizing your podcast and? Um, or are you just doing it because it's a labor of love and whatever comes from, it comes from it.
1: Um, so, you know, with the walk show, I certainly would like to monetize it, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm treating it more like a labor of love. So, you know, ultimately I would, I would love to be able to, um, you know, get advertisers, whether they be read in or, or other types of ads, or, um, I've, I've talked about doing affiliate marketing. I I have a website, but it's really bad. I don't understand. I don't understand a how to really code the stuff, but, but I'm, I'm using WordPress so you don't have to code most of it. It's drag and drop. I also just have no sense of design and what looks good. Um, and, and just find myself very frustrated very quickly. So as of now, none of that's in place, but, um, but yeah, I would like to, I would like to be able to monetize. I mean, you know, my dream would be able to replace my income from my nine to five with podcasting so that I could do that full time. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to start that gaming podcast because, not to get in the weeds too much, but there's another media host like Buzzsprout that that handles the advertising monetization for you. So I want to try and launch the other show on that platform and see how that goes. Um, and that's why we're doing the more focused branding and the niche and the you know all that kind of stuff, because if I could monetize that and that could take off well then the walk show could continue to operate in its current state but honestly even if nothing ever makes it I'll probably always do the walk show as it is I mean so to try and more succinctly answer yes I would I would like to monetize it at the end of the day though it's a creative pursuit Um, I also do want to just very briefly say that something else that makes the walk show special I think and, and I understand I'm talking about my own show right now but it's actually not just me, my my friend, Misha Zarens, who you, you heard on the, the episode about comedy. Well, he also produces the show and, and writes original music that, that we have on the show. And music is a really important thing to me. I listen to music, you know, probably at least minimum six hours a day. I mean, I've got music on all the time and I really wanted to have music incorporated into the walk show because it's kind of a part of who I am. And Misha has been a lifelong friend of mine, and he's, a, a, I think, a wonderful musician. And so the music that he's putting into the show, I think, also gives it kind of a unique twist because you get music throughout the show. You know, we'll have music kind of playing behind conversations. And then when the conversation comes to kind of a natural break, we'll actually have maybe 30 seconds to a minute of just his music. And it's instrumental, so there's not vocals or anything like that. So there's not lyrics to to get caught up in. Um but yeah, I just I wanted to give Misha a shout out because he does a lot of a lot of hard work for the show. And I think I think honestly, you know, as as much <laughs> talent as I may or may not have or whatever, I think a lot of people can can probably do what I'm doing. But what he does, I think, is a really special talent. And to me, it's actually the unique hook of the walk show that I think will put us over the edge once we can just get people to, <laughs> to check it out because uh, his music's dope. So anyway, sorry. Yeah.
0: no, no, I like that, man. Um, I like that a lot. Um the music is definitely a nice touch to the show. Um, you know, I listen I listen to the show and I feel like the music does something to help almost I don't want to say hypnotize, but it definitely relaxes you while it's playing. And I don't know if that's your intention. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it definitely adds to the ambiance that you create with between your voice, uh your 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 golden pipes. Um <laughs> and, uh, and, and the content and usually the subject matter, I feel like it's just a perfect listening experience. It's like, it's just a really nice balance. And, uh, you created, I will say that, I mean, that's a thing, that's a fair way to describe it. Your show creates an experience for the listener, not just in terms of the content, but in terms of just the atmosphere that it creates when, when you listen to it. So,
1: well, thank you very much for, for saying that, man. Yeah. I, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, with the monetization stuff, we can definitely talk offline. I can, I can, I can tell you what I've learned from that journey. And, um, I can tell you what I'm, what my goals are and stuff like that. And, uh, also I can kind of just share with you like the whole, how to get the merchandise stuff going. And, you know, so there's a lot of good stuff I can brain dump on you, man. And, um, and I can, I can, I can help you with just kind of getting that stuff going, um, with the website. I still got to, I got to conquer that myself. I have, uh, my host provided website, just like you do. So, um, I need to uh, really turn that into a more of an asset for the show, um, because I need to be able to send people to a better place other than just to go listen to the show. And, um, so yeah, there's some more stuff to do. That's a, that's like, I think that's a 2000 late 2019, early 2020 goal is to, is to revamp the web experience for the podcast. And, uh, but the rebrand has been successful, and the merchandise is people are buying it man um i've had um right now I've got friends who are supporting the show, but um you know it's great to, to see people who were uh, who've been listening and really supportive and and they they're coming through picking up different items and and helping build the helping to build the brand so I'm looking forward to it
1: yeah man no i think I think the merchandise is great i think the the t shirt's a great idea the the logo looks really really good, so you know I didn't buy it just because. I know you or, 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 like you or like your show. Um, it also just actually is a cool looking shirt. So, uh, I think good on you for, for the rebrand. And yeah, I think you got uh, a good future ahead of you with that.
0: Dude. I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate that, man. Um, I got a shout out. Um, I got a shout out one of my, one of my special, special, special listeners. Um, you know, she was very um, encouraging to me about getting the rebrand done because, um, I showed her and, um, one of our friends, the, uh, w- the, the logo that I was working on. And, uh, you know, they were like, this looks like something you would see on like some neoconservative racist website, you know, rally and cry <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm thinking of myself. That's exactly, that's exactly what I'm trying to, trying to, trying to message. I'm trying to send with the podcast, right? You know, and, uh, oh, right. um, that's like, uh, what was that, what was that, what was that episode of the Chappelle show where you had the black, uh, the black white supremacist, you know, and, uh, that's, that's what Indeed. my podcast is going to yep. be, right? The black white supremacist, right? So I, uh, I quickly scrapped the idea of trying to do the graphics myself and, uh, I outsourced it. And, you know, there was a, there, it was a cost. It was a considerable cost. And I still got to send, matter of fact, he sent me another invoice that I got to send off and pay, <laughs> uh, which reminds me to write this check and put it in the mail tomorrow. But I, I will say that, man, once you, you know, and I will say this, I mean, money, obviously everybody needs, we all, we're, we're bootstrapping. So money is tight for everybody, especially on pet projects. But I think once you get to a point where you have a vision about what you want your show to be. You can go to, um, you can go to different avenues like, you know, I think fiverr.com and, um, you know, and even just talking to graphic designers that you might know personally and say, Hey, you know, what can you do for me within this budget? And, um, you know, you can, you can come up with a pretty cool graphic that will describe your show. So I think, uh, you know, I told them what I was trying to do. And sure enough, it was a bit of a back and forth process initially. But man, in three revisions, we got that logo and I was so happy, man. I was just like, wow, that was it. And the moment when I saw it, it was kind of surreal because I took a moment and just paused and said, you know, that's it. And um, and when I showed it to people, man, it tested so well. Like everybody who's seen that logo has been blown away by it. And um, then it has obviously led to me rebranding, hashtag the group chat, and uh, doing all that stuff over there too with that and, and coming together with it. And, um, you know, and, and of course, time I rebrand myself my podcast it turns into uh you know a tag team affair where i've got a buddy uh Ramon Hingleton who is co-hosting the group chat with me so now i've got this you know I, i've got a you know at some point once he, uh, he gets a little bit more uh seasoned and gets a little bit more comfortable with the platform and he gets some more skin in the game uh in terms of his just time i'm not talking about you know anything else then we'll probably come back and re and redo that logo and make it a dual logo that incorporates both our visage in some way and, uh, but so anyway, I didn't mean to get lost. once again, people are like, this is a podcast about podcasting. So, um, yeah, but <laughs> That's dude, the I, inside scoop. what's that now? I said, it's the
1: inside scoop. They, yes. they, they can like, it.
0: yes, <laughs> it's the behind the scenes stuff. What I'll do is I'll probably yeah. cut this out and, and talk about this as a small talk episode, but
1: hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, um, I think what we can do, man, is definitely, I can collaborate, you collaborate with you and, uh, help you just kind of give you some ideas and some guidance with it. The next thing is Patreon. So I'm going to, Um, Set up the schedule uh, of experiences and and perks for the show there, and then talk to to let people know that they can they can do these different things. So, you know, the thing is, you got to build the web, even though there's no flies in it. So, I'm just trying to build the web to catch as many flies as I can. And then, once people have once people realize that hey, this guy's a podcaster, he's legit, he can do this, and then we we turn around and uh, we're planning with some friends to actually even have a conference. Uh, maybe probably, it's probably going to be more like 2020 because I'm so booked right now. Um, I'm busy and tired from just getting all this stuff in place. So 2020 is probably when it's going to happen, but it's going to be a pod fest, uh, dedicated to minority podcasters in the Atlanta area who want to create media and who want to podcast. And, um, we're going to do like an intensive boot camp kind of style thing where we're going to have three podcasters and we're going to come together. And share, you know, share basically a, a, a workshop, a half day workshop. And then we'll turn around and then offer intensives where if you want to, if you want us to hold your hand from, you know, from, from everything down to like what, what um, provider to use, you know, setting up your, your, your feed, getting it published in iTunes, Spotify, Google, uh, you know, what mic should you buy? What recorder should you buy? What software do you need? You know, what graphics, getting graphics and stuff made? I mean, we'll do, Everything to help you get your podcast going. So it, um, it really goes. We're going to really take that approach too and, and leverage the knowledge we've got to try to create more podcasters. But it goes back to just what we learned at Podfest that pod, that podcasting isn't just recording, um, uh, or monetizing the podcast isn't just recording it and having people pay me for listening to it. It's the complete pl- platform that I'm developing with, with my, my podcast and with your podcast. So, you know, and, and if you keep it that in that perspective, then. I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, even like your, I'll tell you something that you should consider too. You know, with your video game podcast, if there's people in your community or nearby your in, in your area who do competitive video gaming, uh where they have like a club or something like that, go and be the person who covers their events. So just, just tell them like, hey man, I just want you guys to give me an opportunity to come here and set up my equipment and record a podcast and record content here at your thing. And then what will happen is you'll get, you'll build relationships with those people. And guess who those people are? Those people are people going to probably, probably listen to your podcast because they were on it. Right. So, right. so that's a, that's a hack there. Cause we were sitting in one of those um, sessions at Podfest and they were talking about all these crazy things they did to put together their own live event. I'm like, shit, you don't need to do that. Just go and, and, and piggyback on somebody else's event and, um, and, 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 and be, be a part of their event and bring value to their event. And uh then you'll be able to you know you'll be able to grow from there, so, but right. um, that's my two cents with that man i mean we we always group back around and talk more about this um you mentioned your podcast, but let's do a formal sign off walker um tell people how they can find your podcast. I'm gonna definitely put all that in the show notes and uh you know tell people anything else that you want to tell them before we sign off man,
1: yeah man, um well, again, I really appreciate you having me on the show to to talk to your audience. Um, I really enjoy your show. Um, and I, as far as how to find me, you, you can, the easiest way is just to go to, to the walkshow podcast.com just all one word, the walk Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at the walk show pod. You can find me on Facebook at the walk show podcast. You can find me on Instagram at the walk show. Um, and then, of course, if you don't want to go search any of those places and you already are on a podcast platform, whether that's Apple or Spotify or Google, any podcast platform, you know, I'm on all of them. So just just search for The Walk Show, and you should find it as well. Also, I'm on YouTube. I don't actually have <laughs> video content, so it's just a still image with the audio playing behind. But I do have some people that prefer to listen uh, that way as opposed to you know downloading it or streaming it through uh, a podcast service.
0: That's awesome, man. Cool, man. So yeah, man, you guys go definitely listen to Walker's uh, podcast and, uh, and you know, also will be great if you take the time to go listen to an episode, go write him a, re- a five star review in Apple podcasts uh, or on Stitcher because I know those two platforms allow reviews and uh, just tell people that, Hey, man, this is a good podcast to go listen to. And, uh, the, the reviews do help because people are able to find it, uh, when you do that. So. Um, yeah, go take the time to go listen, man. Walker, man, I appreciate it. And, uh, I just want to thank you again for being part of the conversation.
1: Yeah, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: I want to thank my friend Walker near for stopping by and being part of the conversation. You guys be sure to check him out on the walk show podcast and the pick up your sticks podcast man culture and conversations this episode has come to an end thank you guys so much for being part of the conversation as usual we're over on facebook man culture and conversations we also are on facebook as well it's called as a group it's called culture and conversations presents hashtag the group chat that's our facebook private group man just hop in there man ask to join and me ray or brandy will let you in and uh, we, we have a good time in there And that, that show is That show and that group Is just an amazing thing So it's going to continue to grow And we're also rebranding And relaunching Cultureandconversations.com Be sure to go over there If you want to hear the episodes And listen to the podcast And also view the podcast Where we do the live stream Yeah man We got a lot going on people A lot going on So you guys stay cool I'm going to release Another episode shortly And uh, I'm going to get out of here man I'm going to go enjoy my vacation I hope you guys do the same Talk to y'all later. Peace.